we're going to go through uh, Love Code today and then one more week. You guys, most of you guys get it now, by now? Have you ordered it? Is it? Are you enjoying it? It's the best book I've ever written. I know it's not overly spiritual, which is really good to me. I mean, overly religious, I should say. It actually is perfectly spiritual, meaning that it's about your heart and your mind and your soul, which is where the kingdom manifests today. But uh, I just got to tell you, I think if you're willing to do it, it's, if you ever get confused what's going on, it's the message of the new covenant. It's Philippians 4. Hey, instead of anxious, taking any anxious thought or worry about anything, it says through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And what will happen? The peace of God, meaning that his peace, he freely gives it to you. The peace of God will guard your what? No, guard your house so you don't have demons over it. No, that's, that's, the, that's the whole charismatic message. It'll guard your hearts and minds, right? Because if you wonder if you still have a demon up there, you're still worried about it. It's like, listen, they're under your feet. Can you read? Can you read? Read your Bible. It says, he's ahead of all principalities. They're under your feet. Relax. And the only thing he had was the law. He said, but he nailed that thing to the cross. So he's got nothing against you. Amen? So stop worrying about the demon. The demon has nothing on you. Does that make sense? In fact, if you stop worrying about it, it'll stop manifesting your house. You won't have to keep praying the portal over your house. It'll go away, literally. You preach the gospel of grace, it just goes away freely because it doesn't like it there. So anyway, um, as, uh, what was I saying? I got confused by the demon. Oh, Philippians 4, that's right. <laughs> Pray against that so I, the word of God comes freely through my mouth. Let's, would you just relax? So uh, yeah, so Philippians 4 where it says, listen, he'll guard your hearts and minds with the shalom of Jesus, amen? And then it says, now think on these things. So here's the thing. If we, can, if we can just put Scripture together, it's all the same. It's, hey, hey cast your cares unto him because I care for you, right? Isn't that the same message? Instead of being worried about anything, why don't you just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to change it? And then Ephesians 3.20, I, I just like the same message over and over and over because it's the only message in my opinion. It says, if you knew my height, length, depth, breadth of my love for you, then what's Ephesians 3.20 say? He will do exceedingly abundantly beyond what you can think or ask. Amen? So isn't that the same thing? Hey, we don't have to worry about this stuff going on in our life. He's given it. He's, we're divinely created. We're, we're created. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. I love that. He goes, we're, for, we're to display whose splendor? His splendor. He's going to provide the life. He's going to provide the splendor through us. It's not even our willpower that does any of it. Not by power, by my, but by my spirit, says the Lord unto the Zerubbabel. Isn't that beautiful? I'm going to make that old religious system, that mountain, a plain. It's meaning that it was there, now it's not there. And all we're going to say is grace, grace from now on. Amen? You guys get it? Okay. So if he says, don't worry about anything, but pray. And then Ephesians 3.20 says, man, if you understood how much I love you, whenever you pray, what's going to happen? I'm going to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what you think or ask. Now, we get in there with our religious nonsense and go, but did you pray right? And did you pray with this? And is your belief above your unbelief? And all this nonsense. It's like, just pray. He loves you perfectly. Amen? What if I didn't pray right? He doesn't care. He doesn't care. If you pray and go, Lord, I don't even know how to pray. He loves that. That's fine. Amen? You don't need a 20-year session on praying because those guys don't get results. You don't need a 10-step course to hear God because they can't hear him. They're hearing all kinds of weird things. I talk to them. They're like, yeah, this was a sign and a feather fell out and it fell on my head and, and then it filled my tooth. And I'm like, Pfft. That mountain's gone. Everything's about in your heart. It's a spirit. Does that make sense? <laughs> exactly. So I'm not criticizing all that because I was running around with them for a while. And then I realized, like, you guys are Looney Tunes, man. What, what is wrong with you? I get these guys outside of church. They're kicking butt. 
and they're, li- they're happy and they're joyful and they're pleasant and they don't do any things you're doing and their life works. You guys are here. This is the secret. We got it over here because we got this. We got the Holy Spirit. You got nothing. You got something, but it's not what the Holy Spirit's really supposed to do. Because what does holy mean? See, I think we've made the Holy Spirit something mysterious, right? And I don't think it's mysterious at all. Holy, what does holy mean? Just in its, let's just take this. The Holy Spirit. It's the set-apart spirit. See, holy means, and he goes, one day, it's not just going to be, I, in the old covenant, they, pay, they, play, they poured the oil, or they anointed them, the prophets, the kings, and the priests, right? They were special. They were special, the prophets, kings, and the priests, and they showed, hey, God's presence was with them, etc., and they, they operated in the gifts and different things like that. But Joel prophesies and says what? Hey, it's not just going to be the prophets, kings, and priests someday. I'm going to pour out my spirit on what? All flesh, all people, even the handmaidens. So what he's showing them is it's not just the special kings, prophets, and priests. It's even the lowest of society are going to get the same gift. My presence. Isn't that beautiful? And so holy, the Holy Spirit literally means this. It means he, I am so set apart. He, he chose me out of everybody. He chose me to marry. He loves me perfectly. I am holy and set apart unto God. Amen. And so, he, I'm the apple of his eye. If there's anything wrong, he goes to bat for me. What an awesome, loving father and, and husband. Amen? That, if you operate in that spirit, that will animate. That's the spirit of Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. You guys understand that? Now, they're confusing the gifts, which I believe in all the gifts. I do. And uh, I just don't believe the gifts are the end all. I think the gifts are evidence that the gospel being preached is true. So, I'm not after the gift because it's a gift. I don't need to get it. It's just, he goes, listen, all those gifts, if you don't have love, which is the real thing, they'll, they'll pass and they'll fail sometimes. How many of you guys have ever seen a prophet and his prophecy fails? But love never fails. It never fails. Because what he's really trying to get at is the love of God operating in your life is amazing. And that's what this whole book, The Love Code, is about. So if you understand that, if you ever get confused, just go back to Philippians 4. Because I'm seeing people now like, okay, I got to operate in love for the best I can for 30 minutes. If you read it even closely, he goes, sometimes I can't. I have to go, Lord, how about 30 seconds? I'm going to try operate in love. Amen? You guys get that? And so it says operate in love. That doesn't mean you loving other people. That'll just be a fruit. If you operate in, he loves me perfectly. I have the Holy Spirit. I'm set apart. Oh, thank you, Lord. So I don't have to worry about my bills. I don't have to worry about demonic stuff. I don't have to worry about my relationships. Instead of worrying about it, I'm going to pray and ask God to heal that part of my heart and mind. It'll guard my heart and mind, right, from the wrong information. Does that make sense to how, how the new covenant is so simple? That's why I think most people struggle because they have to have a great message every Sunday. I'm like, just tell them how much God loves them and they're sinless for the rest of their life and let the Spirit do the work. It's amazing to me. So anyway, that being said, uh, I want to share this. So, some of you guys know Arnold and Sparkle. Arnold had knee replacement. He's probably watching this. He just sent me this because I'm getting a lot of, of testimonies. If people actually go through the healing codes and the love code, it's really Philippians 4. There's, no, there's nothing mysterious about it. It's what I just described to you. He loves you perfectly. And instead of you trying to fix it, worry about it, change it in your willpower, right? It's not by power or by might. It's by what? My spirit, and spirit is something I believe that brings something to life. Right? Does that that help you guys? So if I believe I'm holy and set apart and he'll exceed my my requests, then I can go, Lord, whatever's bothering me, this situation, this anger, this worry, this job situation, this marriage situation, you know what? 
I'm going to leave it up to you, and I'm just going to trust you that you love me perfectly. Now, I know that sounds 180 degrees opposite of the word of faith and charismatic because you got to take authority over this thing, etc. I go, I've just, I'm done with that, to be honest with you, because I, I, I watch these people, and I go, there's no joy, there's no peace, there's no love, truly, is they're angry, and, and uh, I just don't see that much fruit, to be honest with you, because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, self-control, all these different things. Anybody with me on that? I just believe that. I really do. It's, it's, uh, so anyway, here's Arnold. So we just had uh, knee replacement surgery. I took your teaching on the love code and put it into practice in regards to the surgery. Holy Spirit, search my mind and heart and fix what, is, fix what it is I am not aware of. And then I rested. I came out of surgery after recovery having no pain, all caps. Imagine no pain after knee surgery. I was in the hospital for three days. My pain level was always a one or a two. So I asked them for extra doses of Valium and... No, he didn't say that. <laughs> He's got a little side business. Some oxycontinence. I'm joking. So I know some of you guys struggle with that. And I would tell you if you struggle with that, if you're addicted to painkillers or something like that, you know what? He loves you perfectly. And just go, Lord, I, I need these right now. And I just ask you to change my heart and mind and to fix it. And, and he'll do it, I promise you. He'll do exceedingly abundantly beyond that prayer request. So, my pain level is one or two. The doctors and nurses were quite surprised. They said, most people are calling for their pain meds. I started therapy today. The therapist wondered why I was walking and not grimacing in pain. After the session, she was confident my therapy would be ahead of schedule. Sparkle and I are expecting a quick recovery with divine speed. Thanks for the prayers. Amen. Isn't that good news? All right, so let's just go through this and... Um, Hey, if you, if you don't, uh, uh, let me just share this with you, because here's, I'm a big sports nut, if you haven't figured it out yet. Um, and I know, Enrico, are, are, uh, are they at their, the state championships now? I know he watched this last night. The NCAA wrestling championships were last night. And I'm an Iowa kid. No, I did not wrestle. There were only two, two counties in the whole state at the time that didn't wrestle, and I was in one of them. So I was a nerd basketball player. Football, basketball, baseball, track. That's what every kid did in my home so I didn't have wrestling. They're like, you, went to I you lived in Iowa and you didn't wrestle? I'm not a wimp. Relax. It's, uh, we didn't have it. So the Brands boys grew up 20 miles from me. One won a gold. He's the, he's the coach of Iowa right now. And, and uh, the other one, Terry, won a bronze. Now, I, anybody follow it? Anybody wrestler follow it? I know Jimmy Harstead and some of these guys follow it. But listen, Iowa used to be dominant. Dan Gable, the whole thing. What? Yeah, absolutely. And so, but now Penn State has won six out of the last seven national championships. And their coach is a guy named Cale Sanderson, who was a gold medalist, a Christian guy. It was interesting for me to watch because I watched the semifinal, the quarterfinals and semifinals in the championships last night. And uh, Penn State just dominated. It wasn't even close. Like, they won. Yeah, Michael, you're from a wrestling state too, right? Penn State's like, we're, it's men against boys right now. But it was really fascinating for me to watch how the coaches and the athletes respond. Because here's Iowa. Iowa guys are like this. And if you know the Brands boys, hey, listen, I'm not taking away anything from a gold. Or, but they're, they're, you cannot say they're dominant anymore. Penn State's dominant. And so the Iowa guys came out. It was all willpower, I'm telling you. It's all like, hey, how did you, how did you do this? How did you achieve this? He goes, you know what? By my guts and this and that, you know, like just that traditional wrestling I'm going to gut it out, right? It's fascinating to watch the Penn State. Go watch, see if you can watch the replays. Here's what they, here's, every one of these guys came out, they're like this. They go, you know what, whether we win or lost, Cale Sanderson, he loves us. 
and uh, he's proud of us. And we, he just said, hey, you know what? Really go out there, have fun, etc." He goes, we don't have this. Our practices are not, hey, run this many miles, do this many push-ups, etc." He goes, he really just shares life concepts with us to start every practice. And he teaches us the basics of wrestling. So then this guy, this, I watched the one guy in particular, and here's what almost all of them said. So they go, you know what? As soon as something negative came to my, came to my head, because I, I can't imagine these guys. They have to cut weight three days in a row you know, they're exhausted. They're wrestling the, the greatest college athletes in the nation. Their bodies are just shot at this point. And they go, you know, as soon as we ever had a negative thought, you know what we said? Jesus loves me, and I'm just going to go out there and do the best I can. And it was awesome. They, none of them were like, yeah, I'm just going to go grind this out. They're wiping them out with people. And I just believe that, that what we're talking about is your spirit, your heart is a million times more powerful than willpower. In fact, I believe this. I believe you're dirt that God gave life to. So he's not expecting you to create life because you can't. You're dirt. Right? He's not expecting... Does that make sense? So he's not expecting us to go create, but religion's made us... Hey, now, Robert, go create. Go, go by your faith, by this level of something that you have to do out of willpower, you go create life. You go create love. You go create this. And our dirt's going, we're dirt. We can't do it. Does that make sense? And so he gives us the will and the to-do. His spirit produces everything in us. That's all I'm trying to say. So instead of you trying to go, uh, you need to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. How many of you have heard that? How's it going? Some of the angriest people I've ever met. Because at the end of the day, they have to go, I don't, I'm angry at this person, Lord. I, I, I'm not loving you with my heart, mind, and soul. In fact, sometimes I get angry with you. How many ever, I've been angry with God. Anybody ever been angry with God? I have. Like God, this, a God that's love would not do this. And you know what? You're right. You're right. So we're getting this religious teaching and, and we can't do it. So all this is really talking about is at the end of the day, he's going, listen, if you can operate in love and he gives us some tools to do it through prayer and supplication, he goes, your life will transform. Things that you've never been able to accomplish before, your health, your success issues, etc., really come. I'm not going to get technical on this one. The healing codes gets all that, but it makes sense to me. It, now I have a wisdom and understanding in the knowledge of Jesus, how he created this, how the gospel actually works. So all these books really are doing, guys, it's science is validating the gospel. That's all it is. So I just want to read something to you, and then we'll go through some scriptures so you know I'm not pulling this out of thin air. But uh, I, I would just challenge you to do it. I would challenge you to go through this stuff. And you know what? You start to relax more. You're kind of like, ah, okay. So let me share this with you. So number one, Reg, you'll love this, because you came up after service last, uh, last Sunday, and he goes, the Holy Spirit, was it during service or worship or what? When he says, hey, it's not your fault. It was during the service? Must have been my amazing teaching. Had to be. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, he got it despite me. I'm pretty sure of that. So anyway, um, here's, here's what he says. He goes, uh, do whatever you do from an inward state of love, not you trying to love other people. In fact, one John tells us that. He goes, here in his love, not your love for me, because that'll waver in its filthy rags, Right? It's my love for you. I demonstrated my love for you by dying on the cross for you, even though you didn't deserve it. Now that you are righteous, how much more will I freely give you everything? Freely. What's freely to you? At no cost, at no price. I remember listening to services going, the price of power. You got to pay the price. And that's what I saw the Iowa guys doing versus 
the Penn State guys doing? Iowa guys were still under this. Pay the price, man. Only this many people will do this. I'm going to do it by sheer willpower and guts. And hey, they get some results, right? Because there's some freaks of nature that can do it. But most of us go, I can't. I'm going to die trying to do that. And the, the Penn State guys were like this, man, he just loves me. And my coach loves me. And we just, we're having fun wrestling. It's, I've never heard wrestlers go, I'm having fun. These guys are doing it. It's shocking to me. So anyway, here's what he says. Here's how you operate in love because love, there's only, there's really, it's good versus evil. You guys all know that, right? There's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil and there's a tree of what? Life. It's light, it's dark. It's good, it's bad. And what is evil? You guys don't even know what evil is? Work. It's not, he watched an evil movie. That's not even what evil means. But you've been so wrapped up in religion you can't even understand it. Evil is works based like a servant. Well, the old covenant, Moses was a what? Sir, I got to do something to be pleasing to God. But the new covenant, we're what? Sons in the house. Exactly. To a Jewish mind, the son in the house means everything's mine. Whatever the father has, I have. You guys get it? All right. So we're either operating in a frequency of love, which works every time. Love never fails. That's why scripture says it. Hey, you can do all these external things, but you're missing the point. Those are gifts of the spirit. They're not the spirit. Does that make sense to you? If I, if I never see my wife, but I just give her gifts, how, how pleased is she going to be with the gifts after a while? I don't just want the gifts, Mike. I want the real thing. And that's how I see most charismatics. They're running around chasing this gift and that gift and this miracle and that miracle, etc. And they have no joy in their life and nothing's happening. They're, they're like, why? <clears throat> right? They're trying to do all this stuff. And they're like, because you're frustrated with the gift. You're not, you don't have his spirit, which is he just loves you perfectly. You're okay. Whether you ever manifest a gift ever again or not. Whether you ever evangelize ever again, is he well pleased with you? Loves you perfectly. Whether you ever share the gospel or not. See, I believe the real gospel, you don't have to be taught how to share it. I just believe it's it's just a natural thing. People feel your heart. They feel the love of God. And I don't have to be an evangelist. I am an evangelist because I'm a human being, not a human doer. I just, I love people. And not always. Sometimes I want to hit you with a bat. I'm just being honest, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I didn't operate in love in 30 seconds there. But that's just us. And then I have to do this. You know what? Consider that old man dead. That's not even the real me. God doesn't view me as that man that just wanted to hit you with a bat. Right? So I'm probably the only pastor that admits it. All the other ones, all the other ones talk to me about it because we're in this pastor's things. I'm like, you guys, just stop lying up there. Just be real with people, right? So they'll actually appreciate you more. You mean you struggle with that too? Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm normal, right? All right. Number one, how do you operate in love? It's never, ever your fault. Mm, I love this. Romans 8, there is no judgment. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And here's what he says. Note, an ancient manuscript put it this way. And the ancient manuscript is Romans 7 and 8. When I do what I don't want to do, it's not me doing it. Your actions result of a fear-based programming. I believe it's religion. I believe it's, uh, hey, you're never good enough. You know, most parents that they've, they've actually done studies on it, they give 10 corrections and don't do this, do this, versus one affirmation of love. So guess how us all grow up? We're only good and loved perfectly. And that's not true. All of us love our kids and our grandkids. But the, how the kid receives it is, I get a response if I do these things right. But if I don't do these things right, I'm not loved. And that's where some of you guys at the house uh, on Wednesday when I was going through the, the uh, I was talking to my sister like this. And if you would have asked me what I struggle with, I, I would have never picked this. 
where I was going, no, I don't, I don't have issues from my childhood, even though it was a mess. My childhood was a big mess. Is, uh, as I started going through this, he goes, hey, what, what, do you, what do you fear the most? You know, what are the feelings that you get, et cetera? And I'm, I, I'm no joke. I remember my mom, also this image came up, and he calls it your heart screen. I would just call it your memory or your, your spirit, your imagination, something in there. It's a thought. And I remember my mom, when I must have been four or five, I remember I was wearing this Miami Dolphins jacket. So I, I, it was very vivid to me when I, when I was going through these prayers, because I used to love the Dolphins. I, I sort of like the Dolphins. They're not trying anymore. So I'm like, I'm about ready to dump you after all these years. But I, I was wearing this Miami Dolphins jacket, and I remember my mother going, shame on you. And I remember being a little kid in this image going, that's devastating. Like, now I'm a, I'm a grown man today, right? I bite your ear off playing rugby and all these different things. Is a drink beer out of a boot and all these kinds of things. They're like, I would have never picked that, that that bothered me. And I was like, you know what, Lord, whatever that is, is just heal that part of my heart and mind so I don't have this negative connotation of my mother going, shame on you. So guess what? I would avoid anything that I would perceive as shame, probably. And that's all he's doing. He's getting rid of these root issues. So um, it's a result of fear-based programming, which is a million times more powerful than your conscious ability to choose. I would call that spirit versus flesh. Hey, I'm going to do this by my willpower. I'm going to change my thoughts, and this is what's going to happen versus Holy Spirit, I don't know what's dealing with there. You change it for me, and you'll do exceedingly abundantly, I think, or ask. That's where I think we get the supernatural power of God. Does that help you guys? All right. And you know Romans 7. It says, listen, I was alive once until somebody said, don't do this. Go find life based on something external by what you do or don't do. And what, what did Paul say? He says, I was alive once, and I, and I, was, I was alive. I was feeling life, etc. And then I became a Christian, and they said, don't do this. Go to Bible school. Read your Bible. Pray fast. That's, it's the same thing. I used to be alive, and now all of a sudden, God, this grace thing. It's awesome. Just become a Christian. Just give your life to Christ. He doesn't care what you've ever done. But now that you're a Christian, he cares about everything you do. <laughs> what? It's not as good deal to me anymore. Does that make sense? So here's Paul in Romans 7 saying, listen, I was alive. I was living life, etc." And then somebody said, don't lust. And then what happened to him? The guy who wrote two-thirds of the New Covenant became the biggest luster on the planet. I guess he didn't go through healing streams. <laughs> he was honest. He's like, listen, when the command is there, when I have to find life based on what I do externally, that old mountain right, versus what I believe internally, it's going to kill me. So he said, when they told me, don't lust, I became the biggest luster on the planet. The things I didn't want to do, I did. The things I want to do, I don't do. Help is basically what he said at the end. Who will save me from this wretched man that I am? Romans 8.1. Now, thank God, there is no judgment. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He's the Savior that saved him from that weird, I'm going to try to find life by being a good Christian. That's Romans 7. That's what he's saying. So here's what he's saying. Hey, relax, guys. There's no judgment in Christ. It's never your fault. God, that's good if you get that. So what I told him right after that, right? Is that good? Yeah, he had, he, he's a gluttonous chicken eater. <laughs> no, I'm joking. We joke about this all the time. <laughs> you got a chicken bone or something stuck in there, right? That's because it wasn't organic and gluten-free, bro. <laughs> you deserve it. So he's struggling with these physical things, and then the Holy Spirit just tells him, Reg, it's not your fault. You're dirt. You cannot provide life in yourself. I need to produce it in you. 
God, that's good if you get that. I don't know if you understand that. Number two, internal always creates the external, never the other way around. See, the, ex, the old covenant is about external. Hey, God's going to judge me based on my ability to be good. And if I'm good, then I'll get the blessings. And if I'm bad, what happens? Curses. Well, if you miss one thing, what do you deserve? The curse. Isn't that fascinating? So, number three, what you really want most is never an external circumstance. That's what he's talking about. If you were, if you were to be granted anything today, is if you had, this is what he calls the genie exercise, but it's truly, I think it's a good message for all of us. If, if the genie, or you can just say God, because he's just showing you, where, hey, he'll grant you any wish. What would you wish for today? You only get one. And most people will say, I want money if they're struggling financially. I want my health if they're struggling physically. I want... Uh, I want uh, my marriage to be healed if they're in this tumultuous marriage or broken relationships, whatever. Does that that make sense? And then the real thing is, how would it make you feel? That's the next question. And it's always love. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, etc. So the real issue we need to heal is not the external thing. We need to go, Lord, for whatever reason, these things in my life are keeping me from your perfect love. It's just the gospel is not shown in that part of your heart is how I would say it scripturally. You don't believe the truth about yourself. The truth about yourself is there's never judgment. You're perfect in his eyes. He'll always bless you. He'll always provide for you. He will always heal you. Whether your faith level's up, down, little, big, doesn't really matter. He's a faithful, loving God who just loves to bless you. I can find rest in that. Does that make sense? Now, I know the word of faith charismatic will go, no, that's, that's killed so many people. Da, 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 da. I go, no, you're killing people because you're putting these external things on people. Let the Holy Spirit do exceedingly abundantly beyond what I think or ask. Let him heal me. Amen? So, uh, what's in it for me, love? Your willpower fueled by fear and faulty programming. I would just say you believe the wrong thing in your heart. Has a one in a million shot at making you happy and successful. 99% of the time, it'll leave you stressed and frustrated. Six, the internal state of love, joy, and peace, just fruits of the Spirit, right? The works of the flesh are obvious, Galatians, meaning that I'm gonna go perform and be pleasing to God. You're gonna be right back in Romans 7. Hey, based on my willpower, the things I don't wanna do, I do. The things I do wanna do, I don't. Guys, that's why... You know, people ask me all the time, I go, I don't even want to be called a pastor because you're going to think I struggle with all this nonsense these pastors deal with. Like, I don't want a title like that. Because people deal with me, like, hey, are you surprised that all these Catholic priests molest these little boys? No, because they're told, don't marry. Yet scripture says, that is a doctrine of the devil, is what Timothy says, right? <laughs> because you're going to find life by what you do or don't do. It's not, the de- this is where people get confused. The devil is a works-based guy. Hey, if you're really the son, then go prove it. Go do something. That's what he called the Jews and the Pharisees. You, your father is what? The devil. That spirit of, of old covenant works-based has birthed in you. It's, it's, but the new covenant's based on what you believe. It's a spirit. Then that will birth life in you. Whether I do good or don't do good, what's the truth about my life? Jesus Christ. Because I consider that part that just was bad. Who will save me from that nonsense? Thank God there's no judgment in Jesus Christ. Does that make sense to you guys? You have to find life not by what you do or don't do. You have to experience life by he loves me perfectly, just the way I am. Amen? And that's what I saw in those Penn State wrestlers, honestly. They're like, you know what? We're just going to go out here and wrestle. Coach Sanderson loves us. And if a negative thought comes to me, I just know Jesus loves me. I was like, hallelujah, man. That's why you're wiping the mat with these guys. I love it because the heart, the spirit is a million times more powerful than the willpower. Right? So the internal, internal state of love, joy, and peace is a miraculous divine power source for life and success that always works. Living in love for the next 30 minutes as best you can. I get it, guys. Sometimes it's two seconds. Give up external physical results and circumstances. Ooh, that's a tough one. 
give up. Lord, whether you heal me or don't heal me, I know you're going to perfectly love me. Now you can honestly rest, and I believe the spirit in you, your body, your, your immune system, everything works perfectly. Like I've always talked about, when you cut your finger, you don't, you don't pray and fast and get a prayer group together and yell in the name of Jesus to heal it. But somehow, all of a sudden, you get diagnosed with something else, you do all that. Versus, I'm just going to rest and let, I don't know how I'm healed. Do you guys know how it works? When you cut your finger and it heals up, how does it work? I don't know. It just works. We're designed. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. I believe that with all my heart. Does that make sense? I believe it'll heal your allergies, guys. I believe it'll heal everything. I really do. So anyway, uh, all right, let me share one more thing. And it says, uh, we'll talk about more belief in the later chapter, but I should warn you that even trying to believe can become a matter of willpower. That is awesome right there. You are dirt, guys. You have to let the Spirit give you the will and the to-do. You understand what I'm saying, right? It says he took the dust or the smallest particles. I'm not, I'm not going to get an argument with that. It's the sound waves. Yes, it is. But it's, he literally said, hey, I got this dust together, and I breathed my life into it. You cannot produce what you don't have. It's impossible. So you trying to do something, read your Bible more, pray more, fast more, etc., will not produce life. You know what's going to produce? The works of the flesh. <laughs> Anger, strife, murder, everything else. But the fruit of the Spirit, I believe you love me. Whether I do anything ever again, Lord, it'll produce love, joy, peace, self-control. Everything the church is after. You cannot do it by willpower. You have to let the Spirit do it through you. Does that, does that help you guys? Okay. All right. So... Trying to believe can even be a matter of willpower. Man, I've seen that. Just believe, receive, believe and receive. Remember that? So I watched all you people running around going, Lord, I believe I receive. I'm looking at them and go, you don't believe anything. I know you're not. You're saying that out of total stress and fear right now. Well, the reason he's not healing you is because you have unforgiveness in your heart. Now confess all your sins. Their wife's sitting right next to him. Like, Lord, uh, I don't want to say that. And now they're worried about whether they ask for forgiveness right or wrong. Do I still have forgiveness? If I, still have un- if I have unforgiveness in my heart, you're not going to heal me. That is the operating by the wrong spirit. The wrong spirit is, Lord, when I deserve nothing, you died for me. That's how he goes. Here's here in his love. You didn't deserve anything. That's how much I love you. Now that you're justified and you're a son, how will I not freely give you all things? He's trying to persuade your heart. When you were a total sinner, he loved you enough to heal you. Now that you're not a sinner, in his eyes, he removed sin back to the city called Adam. Come on, why will he not do more? He'll do exceedingly abundantly now what you can even think or ask. So let's rest and ask him. Does that help? I don't know, it helps me. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not your job to believe. God, I love that. Trying to believe blocks true belief, which is just a persuasion of your heart, because that means we've turned it into an expectation we have to achieve. Don't try believe. Don't put a timetable on it. If you do, you'll block your ability to experience true belief because you'll be working against yourself. And let's see, if you read this, he goes, listen, we can do this scientifically right now. When you're running around going, I am healed, I am healed, I am healed, and your body's falling apart, they, 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 they do these stress tests, and they go, your internal stress, just like the... Uh, you guys have seen the polygraph things, you know, like, Joe, what's your name? I'm Joe, so-and-so, right? Do you love God with all your heart? Yes, I love God with all my heart. It spikes because we doubt in our, in our true heart. Does that make sense? And so they go, listen, when you're trying to do it by affirmations, I am this, I am this, I am that. Just quoting scripture, quoting scripture. I've seen people quote scripture. They know the Bible front and back, and they don't know one thing in it. They don't know what's about Jesus and his love for you. I, 
I go, you're not going to find life. You're going to be just like the Jews where Jesus comes to them and says, listen, you search that thing day and night trying to find life in it, but you can't because you don't know what testifies about who? Him. If any time you're, I'm, I'm all for you reading your Bible more, but you have to be from a grace lens. Because if you're not reading from a grace lens, I, I'm sorry, you're going to take it as a command for you to go perform. You're going to read it and go, I have to go do these things. And in that, there's a way that seems right unto man, but in the end, it'll kill you. It leads to death. Follow me? That was Paul. Listen, I thought these commands were going to give me life, so I said, I'm not going to lust anymore. And what happened? I became the biggest luster. What a mess I am, Lord. Who will save me from this wretched man I am? Now, thank God there's no condemnation when I'm in Christ. I'm married to Christ. I've taken his name. I believe he is my reality now. What's true about Jesus is true about me. I know I'm repeating this, but I want you to get it. The truth about your life is Jesus Christ. He loves you perfectly, no matter what. Okay? All right. Then I want to get to this. People cannot conceive they can achieve their end result. Let's say you have a goal. You want to go do this. You want to go do that. Let's say, let's say even, a, even a, no, a, a, a noble Christian goal. I want to go evangelize. Then give up ever evangelizing one other person ever again. And it says they cannot conceive that they could achieve their end result by giving it up. And they could achieve what they've never been able to achieve by not trying as hard. Woo. I believe that with all my heart. Some of you guys know me. I, that's, that's my life. People go, how, how did you do business, etc." I laid in bed doing what these, not even knowing what I'm doing. I'm not, I'm not so smart. I was just like, hallelujah, Lord. You gave me some of these secrets a long time ago. I lay in bed and go, Lord, you just love me. I believe you love me enough, man, because I'm a knucklehead. But Lord, I, I just believe you'll do this in my life. And I rested in that. And I would go, well, Father, I just, you know what? I bind, which is not binding the devil. It was just not permitting something in your life. And I would just, just do a simple prayer. I'd like, Lord, I just, you know what? I bind anything that's not of you in my life. And I just loose the amazing power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Thank you, Father, for supernatural healing. Thank you for supernatural growth in my companies. Thank you for supernatural love in my marriage. Thank you for letting me see people how you see them. Thank you, Lord. I, everything was, Lord, please provide this for me because I can't do it. I'm dirt. So you provide it for me and live through me. You'll give me the will and the to-do so I can stop trying to do it in willpower and enjoy life. Now, what if it doesn't happen today? That means you don't have now faith. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to give you guys some rest if you guys understand what I'm doing. I believe they quote that out of Scripture. If you had enough faith, it would happen now. They'll kill you, right? They're missing the whole thing. Hebrews 10 says, hey, the law is the type and shadow of good things to come, meaning it's going to be future. But now that Jesus showed up, what? But now that old covenant has passed away, but now the truth is all it was pointed about Jesus, and now every promise is yes and amen. Now, it may take some of you guys some time to persuade your heart of that because you've been, got to unravel all this religious teaching you've had. Now, faith is the thing. It says that wasn't the real thing. Those were just types and shadows, but now faith is the real thing. All of it pointed to something spiritual, not physical. Does that help you? So don't look for physical sign. That's a sign. I drove by and I saw this sign. That's a confirmation, Lord. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you're going to be loony. It's... It's, you're going to do it in spirit and truth, not something physical. It's going to be a confirmation in your heart. Follow me? I see people put fleeces up all the time, and that's not what he's after. That's old covenant. Just go, Lord, 
I'm going to give up the results. I believe you love me enough that you're going to direct me, feed me, provide for me, heal me, do all these things for me, and I can just rest. Here's my goal, Lord. I would love to do this with my life. I would love, and you guys know. How will you know if you hear God? He put a desire in your heart, every one of you. He tried to place it where you could never forget it or never miss it because it's something you want to do. Does that help you guys? Here's how you never miss God. He put it in you. What do you want to do? And if you understand that, see, the religious teaching is this. Now, Karen and Robert, go get in your closet. Spend time with him. Make sure you hear his voice. And then he'll tell you where to go and what to do and whatever. And how many of you guys have heard that? How will I know your will, Lord? He tried to make it as religious proof as he can, but he couldn't because there's religious guys. Ten steps to hear the Lord. <laughs> like... You, you can't miss him. He put it in there. From a, little, from a little kid, I wanted to be a business guy. I just, it was just me. I was like, I want to go make money. I want to go do this. I want to do these things. It was just in me. Nobody had to teach me that. Does that make sense? Now, some of you guys go, I don't want to do any of that. I want to go do this. How do you know if that's his will? Because he put it there. He tried to make it religious proof. But then we go, 10 steps to hear the Lord. Oh, no, it's not working perfectly over here, Lord. Let me go back in my closet. I may have missed you. Does that give you any assurance in your heart? Go back to where you first heard him. I'm so confused, I don't even know if I can hear him anymore. Right? Is that your voice, the devil or demon? Well, if it was a demon, he's a liar anyway, so he's not going to go, yeah, it was me. (laughs) It's just, we're loony. Does that make sense? So, put it into a father, husband and wife relationship. Here, Brad, let me see if this will work. Okay, you go to your wife. (laughs) Here, sweetie, here's how this is going to work. I'm going to tell you what to do. Now go obey me. How's that work, Patty? No, we've all tried. (laughs) And if you don't do it, we try to cast the spirit of Jezebel out you. She's got the rebellious spirit, witchcraft, and Jezebel. We cast that stupid thing out of you. Hey, why don't you just tell him you love him unconditionally? And that rebelliousness goes away. I'm just telling you. So if we can't put it in a, in a husband-wife relationship or a father who perfectly loves me, so here's what I do to my son. I don't go, son, this is what you're going to do. You're going to obey me, and this is what you're going to do, and you follow my words. What if he doesn't want to do that? Is he going to be happy? Is he obeying me? Yeah, if he goes and does it, he's obeying me, but is he happy? Does he produce the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace. Do you know what he does? He hates me. He resents me. And that's how we look at Jesus most of the time. Lord, where's the last time I heard you? Guys, if something isn't going perfectly in your life, all I'm telling you is to get back to this. You know what, Lord? You love me perfectly. And it's not now faith. In fact, Scripture teaches the exact opposite. If it's not working perfectly right now, add to your faith what? Patience. Don't suck it. Don't, don't give in to the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh is I need to go do something to help God out and produce. It's not you sex sins or lusting like that. The law is causing you to do all that. That's just the works of the flesh are obvious. He, he only likes me whether I don't lust or not. So guess what? You lust like everybody else, like Paul. So if you just go, whether I lust or not, you love me perfectly. I'm telling you the lust will go. The sex perversion, all that nonsense and the Catholic priests and the pastors, all that will go away. We, guys... Anyway, to this day, no, I'm not going to tell that because that's not life-giving. Um, 
But anywhere the, the law is preached, meaning, hey, obey, don't obey, you're going to find more of it. Anywhere it's like, he loves me perfectly whether I can obey or not. Oh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, self-control. I actually won't be this forbidden fruit anymore. I won't desire those things. But the lust of the flesh is not a sex, and the lust of the flesh is, it's not happening fast enough, so I'm going to go pray fast, do something more to get God to move. That's, I need to do something. But Scripture says this. It says, listen, if it's not working perfectly, guard your heart and mind, right? Ask Him to heal your heart and mind so you can actually let His Spirit produce in you. Let patience have its perfect work. Just be patient. It's not now faith. Now faith gets you all riled up and stressed. Father, I'm just going to, whether you do this or don't do this, whether you heal me or don't heal me, I'm going to be okay. Whether you provide for me or don't provide me, I'm going to be okay. I know it sounds so different, but I, I love the science. After talking to Dr. Ben and these guys, they go, Mike, we can, we can show you that you'll get a million times better results by what I'm just sharing with you versus your willpower and you trying to do faith and you trying to quote scripture and all these things because you will worship him in spirit. It's, what, it's something in your heart. Does that make sense to you guys? Okay. I've took all my time, so let's just go through this. I will go through this fast, I promise you. All right. Um, you know what? Put, Tawana, it needs the, uh, I've taken so long that I just need it on the icon or whatever, however you guys do it back there. All right. Okay. Oh, all right. He talks about the 97% self-help failure rate. And we've all gone through this. If we've ever gone through a success system or anything, number one is focus on what you want. Two, figure out a plan to get there. Now go put your plan in action. Here's the word unto Zerubbabel. It's not by your power or by might, it's by my spirit. And I shall say, grace, grace. No, it's the balance between. No, I shall say, grace, grace. Amen? So Christianity is the same way. You know what? I'm not seeing the fruit of the spirit. I'm not seeing success. I'm not seeing love. I'm not seeing this. So what do we do? I know what to do. I'm going to go read my Bible more. I'm going to go pray more. I'm going to go fast more. What are you going to find? Death. I really believe that with all my heart. Where I go, you know what, I'm just, Lord, I believe you love me enough. I don't know what's going on, but I'm gonna, I know you do exceedingly abundantly beyond what I think or ask. You produce that in me. Help me believe the right way. Help me, help me believe how much you love me. Does that make sense to you guys? Because love never fails. So Christianity is in the same thing. And, it's, and I've, as talking to this Dr. Ben and everything, I go, man, you know what, all the business vehicles I've been in, it's such the same results, one to 3%. I don't care how hard. So, but the lust of the flesh is, if it's not working, Joe, because you didn't work hard enough, you didn't pray enough, you didn't pray in the spirit enough, you didn't read your Bible enough, you didn't go to Bible school enough, and then eventually the kids go, enough, right? <laughs> they go, I'm out of here. Isn't that true? That was me. So I was like, enough of this nonsense. <laughs> you don't, because you're from Illinois and you're a good Christian girl. So anyway, all right. And all he's telling you here is our subconscious and our unconscious attitudes are literally a million times stronger than the conscious mind. To put it in scripture, it's our heart produces everything. Your internal, your heart, your, your heart and your mind, your soul is where everything's produced out of. If you're believing the wrong thing about yourself, the gospel, you know what you're going to produce? The works of the flesh are obvious. Anger, strife, murder, self-control. You might even get some of your goals. But what he's saying, which I 100% agree with, is you'll actually get better results putting the goal away, going, Lord, I'd love this to happen in my life, but whether it happens or not, I'm going to trust you to do it. And I'm just going to love as best I can right now and ask you to heal my heart and spirit so I don't have to go produce faith. You're going to produce persuasion or belief in me. And whether I have it or not, I know you're, you're going to work on me and produce it in me. I don't have to work it. Does that help anybody? 
Okay, so in other words, if you try to change your external results without addressing the heart, you virtually guarantee more failure. That's what we said, 97% failure rate from that thing, even in Christianity. Okay? Okay. All right, you guys have seen this if you've watched Joseph Prince at all, right? It's not a, it didn't show up very well, I apologize. But here's this book. He even goes a little bit deeper here. He said, listen, every one of your issues in life, whether if you're not getting the success you want, if you're a salesman, you're not getting the sales you want, if you're... Uh, your marriage or your health, you're not getting that, etc. You cannot get it by doing more religious exercises. You cannot. Sorry. I know that your pastor, your elders will crucify me, but I just ask them, are you getting results? Why are you so angry? They get angry right away. You need to do this more. That's what always comes out of their mouth. So, all right. But he goes, the, the very root, fear produces poverty, broken marriage, sickness, etc. All the things that we don't want, Right? But there's even a deeper root, which Joseph Prince talks about here. It's condemnation. It's they don't believe the gospel about their life. My mother going, shame on you, where I'm not perfectly loved. So I need to go do all these things right. And I, became a, I become an achiever slash a, a striver and all these different things, right? Because I want to be good because that's where I'm going to get my love. Because it's not just unconditional love. So, but now we need to know he loves you unconditionally. So if you can operate in that, the, you, can't choose, you can't change what happens up there, sickness, broken marriage, poverty, by your willpower is the whole point. The beautiful news is, let him change it. Ask him to change your heart and soul and spirit, and he will do it for you, exceedingly beyond you think or ask. That's why he says it's a million times more powerful than your willpower. I find rest in that. I'm like, yes, Lord, thank you, Father. There's, I'm going to cross up from the old covenant and the new covenant and labor to enter into his rest, right? At the very end of that, as we'll see, it, so... Romans 1.16, I believe this is saying the same thing. I believe all scripture says the same if we really look at it. Romans 1.16, this is Paul, obviously. For I'm not ashamed of the, what is gospel? Good news. If you have to do something more to a lot of you that don't have a lot of willpower, is that good news? No, this is good news. But I'm saying, <laughs> I'm going to talk about the religious teaching I got. Mike, you need to get into your Bible more. Okay, Lord, I'm going to do this. Then the day I don't do it, how do I feel? Condemned. So the very thing that I thought was going to give me life actually produces death. Now, the guys who are willing to do it by willpower, you know what? Knowledge puffs up. Man, I, I do this more than you. I've told you all that story with this guy. One of my mentors was like, how often do you pray in the Spirit? And the answer was zero. Oh, I do it an hour a day. So I'm like, I hate feeling bad. So I'm just, next time he called, how long do you pray in the Spirit? Dude, it's amazing. I prayed for five hours today in the Spirit. He never asked me again. <laughs> he wasn't happy for me. He was wanting to boast in his self-effort. Does that make sense? I pray this much in the spirit. Yeah, but your body's falling apart. I'm watching you. You're dying. Honestly, it was. It's true. So, no, it's edifying me because I'm praying in the spirit. It's edifying my doma. And I actually taught that until I understood it. I go, the edification comes from, that's a, that's a, that's a guarantee. It's a, it's a first fruit of the glorified body I'm going to have where I can pray in a language I don't even know. That's what edifies me. Wow, Lord, you're going to give me a glorified body where everything works perfectly. Now that edifies me because I have understanding of what the, the gifts are. I'm going to know everything perfectly, just like Adam did, right? When he created Adam, he said, hey, name all these animals. And the name that Adam named them, that was its name. How did Adam know that? Because there was no judgment. His, his body, how God created him, was perfect. He knew what God, it was perfect. Does that, does that make sense? And our glorified body, that's what we're going to know. That's what the words of knowledge, the gifts, those are first fruits, really, of what we're going to have when we have our glorified body. That edifies me. 
Wow, Lord, uh, that'll be perfect. Yeah, great. Does that help you guys? All right. For I'm not ashamed of the good news of Christ, for it is the, which power? The power of God unto salvation. What's salvation? It's not getting to heaven. It's one of the aspects of getting to heaven, but salvation is everything. So zoed. Love, joy, peace, perfection. I'm going to give it to you. How, how, is, how is salvation produced? What's gospel? Good news. What do you have to, what do you, what, what, how do, yes. So first you have to, here's what Romans says. How will they know the good news unless somebody tells you? That tells you right there it can't be something you have to do. Follow me? So then, faith comes through hearing. All these perfections come through hearing the good news of Jesus Christ, and you're persuaded of it in your heart. And I think the very Christian teaching of this, hey, I heard the good news. I'm perfect in Christ, sinless, perfect in every way. I'm complete, nothing lacking. Yeah, but you got to read this more, fast more, pray more. I believe that takes away my persuasion immediately. What if I don't do that? You're not as good as me. Yeah, and I'm like, man, I'm not too far saved. I'd like to beat you with a bat right now. So, all right. <laughs> it is the power of God which brings wholeness, salvation, righteousness, peace, joy, every fruit of the Spirit for everyone who does what? Does the commands of Jesus. <laughs> no. So, who believes? For the Jew first and also for the Greek. Meaning, this, it's not going to be Jew or Greek anymore. Paul, or Paul clearly says that. Listen, there's no Jew, there's no Gentile, there's no Greek, there's no husband, female. We're all one by, because we believe the same spirit. All right? So for in it, in that good news of Jesus Christ, is the righteousness of God revealed. Hey, it was a mystery hidden from the foundations of the world is what it said. Because the old covenant, they said, do these things. And then if you don't, if you, if you mess up, what do you do? Bring a lamb. And the, the Jews forgot all that stuff. So if anybody messed up, what happened? Stone her. Don't let her bring a lamb. Right? Because she had the spirit of Jezebel. It's you ladies' fault. <laughs> you know I'm joking. So I remember doing that, going, this, my wife's feisty, man. I'm going to cast the spirit of Jezebel out of her. I might get the Jezebel jump all over me. So. <laughs> what? <laughs> he said, I better wear a cup. That's man talk right there, ladies. Sorry. All right. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. She goes, I'll show you Jezebel. So anyway. <laughs> I just had a, f a fascinating. <laughs> See, Lord, thank you, Lord. I consider that old man dead. Um, <laughs> what's that movie with uh, uh, the 007 guy? But it's the, it's the knockoff on it with the British guy. No, it's the, that, that one too, but... <sighs> who? Yeah, no, who, who said it? Somebody said it. Yeah, Mr. Bean. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I got an image of? When they were going through those Chinese rituals at the very beginning where he had to become this, uh, this ninja warrior guy. <laughs> so he stands there like this and there. <laughs> so he's watching these ninja warriors and they're, they're kicking him in the groin and they're just like mm. and then he's looking at it going mm. so, <laughs> that's what I got with you <laughs> alright you probably never heard that in church before hallelujah thank you Lord that that old man's dead because in the righteousness of the good news of Jesus the righteousness of God is revealed from faith what's faith? not something to produce faith is the reality that all those things are now true 
That's what's supposed to produce the faith in you, the persuasion in you. Faith is a noun. Does that make sense? Now faith is the title deed. You own this now because Jesus gave it to you. Before you had to perform and try get it, but all it was was pointing to good things to come. Now faith, you own it. But only if you're unbelievable. <laughs> if we just put all these disqualifiers on it. No, that, that changes their persuasion. Just tell them they're perfect. In Jesus' eyes, they're sinless as if they've never missed the mark ever again. Hallelujah. Now I can get some persuasion back in my heart. Does that make sense? So, for in it is the just from faith to faith, as it is written. The just, are you just? Yes, you're justified. He was raised for your justification. He died for your nonsense, but once every sin was paid for, he rose for your so you can be justified. So now the just, that's you and I, even though we're not just, that's the hardest part for a Christian. I'm more just than you. Listen, if you miss one thing, you've missed it all is what it says. You still need the lamb just like the guy who did 99.999% right. Moses missed it at the very end. He couldn't go in. Moses. Are you guys, I look at Moses and go, I can't live up to that. Moses didn't watch that movie. I did. Lord, I must be in the world. Take me out of the world, Lord. That's not what he's talking about. All right. So the just, you're going to find life by believing that he gives it to you freely. Does that help? All right. So get to your feet. I, I'm going to go. So Hebrews 4.12. Get to your feet. This is really the whole thing. So I went a little long. But is this helpful to you? It's really, it's just scripture, guys, which I love. But you know what? What I love is they go, you know what? We really do what it says to do. Because all of us, there's a part of us that go, I hear Joseph Prince say, hey, effortless healing. God, that would be great, Lord. Effortless success. How many guys want that? That would be awesome, Lord. And then, you know what my mind does? Yeah, but how? That sounds awesome, Lord, but how do I do that? I'm the most impatient person in the world. Let patience have its perfect faith. No, I want my Christmas presents today. Does that make sense? So that's just me. So some of you guys know, I just get ants in my pants and, oh, Lord. And I could condemn myself. I go, no, man, you know what? I, that's not condemning to you. He loves me perfectly even though I'm like impatient, right? <clears throat> I want it now. So, but what do we really need to labor? Hey, it takes effort, therefore, to enter into the rest. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. So he says they were disobedient because of their actions, He's talking about the, the, he goes, listen, if Joshua would have gave you rest, the whole context of this scripture, which is Joshua in the old covenant, which is the exact same as Yeshua, Moses took them up to the river, but couldn't get them to cross. Now, Moses, your servant's dead, is what it says. What's the next book after the law? Yeshua. And Yeshua says, how will we know when do we go in? Listen, when the, when the high priest and the ark of the covenant step in, sin's going to be removed from the world. Now you can cross over into the new covenant where every promise is yes and amen. That's the type in now the shadow is Jesus. Does that help you? Okay. And he's saying, listen, Joshua was just a type in a shadow. It wasn't the real rest. But their disobedience wasn't because they had a, it wasn't because they had an action that was incorrect. Right? Why they fell short, why they sinned, not meeting their actions, meaning I fell short of what God wants for me because he loves me so much. I fell short because I didn't believe it was really true. That all I had to do was walk over that river. I had to go from an old covenant of doing into a new covenant that is true. Really? Everything's free now? It's just free? Yeah, but I'm not a good Christian. No, no, it's free. 
I can't believe that. Here's what he's warning you. Don't do that because they didn't enter into the promises because they didn't believe it. Did God promise them it's a land flowing with milk and honey? Yes. And they, what was their evidence that they brought back? Big grapes between two men on a pole. What's that a picture of? <laughs> right. Here's, he, the blood of the grapes is the wine. Jesus shed his own blood on a pole between two men. This is the evidence that you can go into the new covenant that it truly is a land flowing. What's flowing? Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. No, that's praying in tongues. It's a part of it, but it's not it. It's the spirit behind it. You're talking about the gift, not the spirit. Does that help you? Do I pray in tongues? Yes, but I believe I get much more out of my belief than my praying in tongues. That's just me. Because I prayed in tongues for three days and nothing happened. I go, Lord, I just believe you love me. I'm tired of this thing. I'm not going to read my Bible for 10 weeks, Lord. Perfect. I just wanted you to get there so I can just do it for you for free once in your life. Hallelujah. Then it just works. You know what? Then I want to read. Then I want to pray. Then what? Now, because he produced the will and the to-do in me, I don't have to go produce it myself. Hallelujah. Now I can love him. All right. So don't be like them where you don't believe these promises are true. For the word of God, the word of God became flesh. What is the message of God? The logos and the rhema of God. Jesus Christ. What's true about Jesus is you. So when you realize that he loves me perfectly by one man, I've been brought back into, now I'm the husband and the bride of Christ. I'm a joint heir. If I ask for anything that's mine, he freely gives it. I find rest. Does that make sense? So, for the word of God is quick. The message of God, Jesus, right? The message of God is quick. And power, quick doesn't mean it happened fast. That's where the word of faith comes. It's now. No, it means life-giving. The message of Jesus is life-giving, all right? It's dunamis. It's dynamite. It's powerful. It's exertia is all these different words that they use. And it's sharper than any sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. Now, when Adam and Eve sinned, I know I'm covering a lot of ground, but I want to give you what all this is. When, when Adam and Eve sinned, was God angry at them? No, he goes, Adam, where are you? He came to visit them the same way. But Adam's opinion of himself did what? Condemnation, guilt, right? It wasn't the fact that they ate from the most organic apple in the world. No curse. No gluten, no nothing, right? Perfection they ate from. But the, what they did is the vials of the devil. Hey, you have to go do something to be a son. They were already a son. He changed their belief system. So here's what he's saying. Uh, he, he goes, listen, I'm going to preserve a way back to life. And what did he put at the east, the east end of the garden? Cherubim and a flaming sword. It's Jesus. Jesus is your way back in. That's a picture of Jesus. I'm going to put these cherubim here. Here's how you're going to meet with me. So this double-edged sword is the message of Jesus. The cherubim is what? The mercy seat, the message of Jesus. He goes, I'm not mad at you. In fact, I love you so much. I'm going to preserve a way back in so you can find paradise again. You guys get it? And we got these tongue talks going, show them that I my sword. And my God, you're missing the whole thing. It's not you running around with a sword. It's... It's a type and shadow of Jesus. So it says, piercing even dividing asunder. That dividing asunder, if you go re read it out in the Greek, means the message of Jesus distributes to your spirit, soul, and body. Anything you need, it fixes your heart, fixes your spirit, it fixes your body. It divides asunder. That's what it literally means. It provides for every part of you. You are spirit, soul, and body, and the message of Jesus heals every part. It divides asunder. Distributes to every part is what it really means in Greek. Does that help you? We see this sword going, it divides soul and marrow. Listen, there's, I can't even explain, 
I know a lot of theologians try to explain soul and spirit, and then they get twisted around. I can't explain it because the message of God knows exactly what it needs to do. If there's a part of your soul that needs to be healed, if there's a part of your spirit, it distributes exactly what you need. That's what that whole verse is about, okay? So if that's all true, let me drop down to verse 15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity. Meaning he doesn't judge you whether you heard him correctly or not. Did I hear you, Lord? Probably not. That's why I had to come save you. Because you had a stony heart. You thought it was based on your works. You thought you were going to hear me better if you went and prayed and fast longer. If you set yourself apart, you cannot do it, guys. He set yourself apart. Now go live. Okay? So we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Meaning, here's, here's, how, here's in my Mike Popovich language. Dave Rose, you come to him and go, I suck, Lord. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Does that make sense? What does he do? I get it. I don't hold that against you. You guys are dirt. You can't produce life. You're married. I had to give it to you. Stop trying to produce it. You can't do it. The more you try, the harder it's going to get and the worse it's going to get. It's going to, the thing that you thought was going to bring life is going to bring death. He's not a high priest that judges you. He doesn't, but with all points tempted, just like you and are, yet he didn't fall from God's glory. So if that's all true, let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may, we may obtain what? Mercy and grace? When? Whenever you need it. That's the, God, that's the whole book. Does that help you? So now we're going to pray. So here's what <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure scripture lines up. So I want you to be able to read your Bible with some understanding. And you know what? If you don't ever read your Bible, just understand he loves you perfectly and this works. You'll get the same result. That's what's amazing, right? The guys who got a little bit of bread, the guys who got a lot of bread in the, in the wilderness, what happened? It was the same. That's good news to me, right? So, therefore, what, what, what does that do? Boasting's gone then. Hey, I do this more. I do that more. I do this. I don't do this. You eat that. You drink that. Yeah, man, come to my house. We'll do it. It's, it's awesome. I live life. Praise God. <laughs> well, no, you can't. No, no, you're finding death. Your kids all do it. They just lie to you. <laughs> Serious. It's called the church. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm trying to like restore life back into people. Like, would you just relax? He loves you perfectly, man. He wants to give you everything for free. He freely gives. Amen? He's not a high priest that holds anything against you. He gets it, as Joe said. He, I get this. I get that. You, but you know what? I love to give it to you. So what he says in there, he goes, listen, instead of worrying about anything, what's your biggest challenge right now? What's your biggest need right now? Everybody probably has something. The other way to look at it is, what am I worried about most? What am I fearful of most? If this happened in my life right now, what have I, what's my biggest fear? You don't have to tell everybody and confess all your sin and nonsense because I'm telling you right now, you're completely righteous in Jesus' eyes. He removes sin as far as the east is from the west. No, only the ones you didn't confess. Baloney. Baloney. The minute Jesus stepped into the River Jordan with the ark, the sin was backed up to the first man as if it never happened. Hallelujah. Does that help you guys? So, you righteous, holy, set-apart, awesome people, whatever is bugging you right now, let Him heal your heart and your spirit and your mind and soul, because then it'll just freely produce in you how you were designed from the beginning, in my opinion. You start to function how He designed you in perfect love. Does that make sense to you guys? So, you just pray how you want to pray, and it's really, the whole thing is, hey, pray, 
instead of worrying about this stuff anymore, Lord, why can't I get rid of this habit? Why, why do I keep my relationships end up the same? I, no matter how hard I try, I can't get this business to work. I can't do this. Ask the Holy Spirit to change you from the inside out instead of you trying to produce your own. Follow me? All right, so Father, you know their hearts. In fact, even that scripture says you, you critique their heart. You know exactly what they're thinking, don't thinking, and you know where you get critical of it, not critical of them. You, you go search out the parts of their heart that need critiquing. That's actually what that scripture says. Hey, he, nothing's hidden from him. He knows exactly what you need, and he's gonna fix it for you, amen? So Father, whatever that's bothering these guys, whatever they fear the most, Lord, we just do the best to try to go, you know what, Lord? Heal that part of our heart. Heal that part of our spirit. Let your life freely produce in us. Father, we thank you that you supernaturally heal our hearts because that's a million times more powerful than our self-effort. So Father, whatever's causing their lack of success, just heal that part of their heart and their spirit so they can believe the truth about their life, that what's true about Jesus, whatever he puts his hand to is true about them. We just thank you for that, Father. Father, we thank you that whatever is causing the sickness, whatever is causing the illness, whatever is causing the anxiety, whatever is causing anything, their bad habits, their addictions that they can't get rid of, you know what's in their heart. And Holy Spirit, I would just ask you to lovingly heal it, fix it. Fix that part of their heart where they don't believe the gospel yet. Father, we just thank you that that prayer you do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we think or ask. And just as the book says, they just tell us, in other words, they said, you know what, we ask for that prayer to be a hundred times more powerful than it currently is now. I just read that as Ephesians 3. You do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we think or ask. So Holy Spirit, we just bind anything that's not in their life, that's not of you, and loose the supernatural love of the Holy Spirit in all their lives. So we just thank you in advance for their success, their breakthroughs, their healed marriages, their healed finances. We just give all the results to you. We just say thank you that we find mercy and grace at your throne. In Jesus' magnificent name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. 